Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how are we doing this week? It is a great week. It's a, well, it's a Monday. We are recording this on a Monday. Mm -hmm. So far, so good. So far, so good. Eh, You know, just counting down the days of the week. That's right. Yeah. So we're we're just kind of getting into it uh, for the week. Did you, uh, did you do anything exciting over the weekend? Did you watch anything good or? Did I, um... We're finishing up season two. I believe it's even season two of The Boys. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's a good that one. was on, yeah, that was on your top list for uh, mm-hmm. 2020, I believe. So, um, and it is very good. It is not for kids. It is it really is. not. Um, no, it is. It is very adult. So if you are thinking about uh, having your kids watch, because it's a, a superhero story, you, you definitely want to... Uh, definitely not one for the kids so you definitely don't want to do that just like you wouldn't have your kids watch the that movie joker it's right. not it's just it's it's really too dark but it's fantastically done i will mm-hmm. say yeah um, it's really good it is um and then what else we actually got into um some more of the harry potter-esque so we finished uh the crimes of grindelwald okay which is also very dark um it's a bit more kid-friendly mm-hmm. But not, I mean, there's not torture and blood. So I guess it's more for kids. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a scale of uh, Grindelwald to the boys, I would uh, I'd steer the kids towards, towards the uh, Harry the Potter there. Yeah. For sure. Uh, we watched uh, a couple of things. So, we're, uh, so I started going through kind of some Oscar lists and things. So we watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, which is on Netflix, which is really, really well done. Um, nice courtroom drama. I'm a big fan of those. And we also watched... Uh, one night in Miami this weekend as well. Oh. So, uh, you know, cross two off of the list. Both of those were uh, were really good, really well acted films, kind of you know ensemble pieces. So, uh, so definitely check those out. Um, the uh, one night in Miami is on uh, Amazon Prime. So if you have a subscription to that, you're all set to go there. Fantastic. I'll have to but, check that one out. But it is a Monday, and I really wish that I had a drink. Well, if we can find a Zoltar Speaks machine, and you've got some good aim. It could probably grant that wish. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I could get that quarter into the mouth if it meant I could get a drink. So why don't we take a quick break? Uh, we'll see if we can track down a Zoltar Speaks machine, and we'll be right back to uh, talk about this week's cocktail. So this week's recipe comes from a really cool blog slash website. It's called cinemasips.com. Mm-hmm. We will link it onto our show notes, and we will put it on our website it's got a bunch of different stuff. And I would say I'm actually really excited because their latest blog is actually about Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't do a seven and seven like we did, um, probably because they want something that may be better tasting and more complicated than two uh, ingredients. Sure. But I really, mm-hmm. like, um, I really like the website. I think it's really cool. 
So check it out, cinemasips.com. Yeah, for sure. Um, you uh, had sent me the recipe for for this week's and I poked around a little bit on the on the blog. Yeah, a lot of good stuff on there. So definitely uh, go check them out. Uh, this week's recipe uh, comes to us from them and it is called the Zoltar Zinger, uh, which you definitely need if you're going to be going to the carnival and making wishes. Um, and this recipe, it, it looks like it's kind of loosely based off of like a Moscow mule. Um, yeah. But one of the interesting things they did is because the movie Big, you know, it's definitely definitely a movie for kids and adults. Both they do uh, kind of a virgin version of it, which is you know more of just the soda bit, um, and then you know can add the uh, vodka to it for the adults here. So let's run through this recipe real quick. So it's just going to be um, eight ounces of your ginger ale or ginger beer. So if you have a favorite one to use, um, and then uh, one and a half ounces of vodka, a quarter ounce of grenadine, a half an ounce of lemon juice and four dashes of Angostura bitters. Um, and you just kind of assemble all of that into like a highball glass. If you have uh, the copper mugs for your Moscow mules, you could definitely use that. But I think using the clear glass is nice because you're adding the grenadine and the bitters. So it gives it kind of a nice pink kind of hue to the drink and just kind of is pretty fun and playful. So, uh, so yeah, so you yeah. just mix all that up and and then you're good to go. How, what did, what did you think about this one, Michaela? I really liked it. I think they need to package it in cans and put them okay. in soda machines that you sure. have rigged so you don't actually have to put any money in it, just like Josh does in the movie Big. Um, right. I thought it was really tasty. Um, I loved that this is a cocktail that I could make with my son as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Big's a fairly, I think it's PG-13. It's a film that you can watch with uh, some kids, right? Um, mm -hmm. and so we had a really good time. We watched a couple of the scenes together and I was able to make him his version of a Zoltar singer. So that was really kind of cool. Um, I think it tastes great. It's very much like a Moscow mule, as you've said. So if you're sure. not into ginger beer or, or true ginger ale, this might not be your thing. Um, mm -hmm. and it looks really fun though. The grenadine, my, my son really loved, uh, loved putting in the red stuff cause I let him help. So it was good. Right. Sure. Yeah, it was pretty good. I am a big fan of Moscow mules. This one, I think the grenadine was just just a little sweeter than I would normally like. So I don't know if I'll be I'll be revisiting this this exact same one, but it's but it's definitely fun to know you can kind of jazz up, you know, a simple cocktail like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is it was pretty sweet. The only thing that was missing was a couple of cherries at the bottom. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You definitely you could definitely throw some cherries in there, and that would uh, that make it look even even fancier. So. All right. Well, uh, Zoltar has spoken. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll be back and chat about Big. Spoiler warning for anyone who has not seen Big. Stop now. Go ask Zoltar for a Zoltar Zinger. Go watch Big and come back and we can chat about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, most people probably at least, you know, kind of people that grew up in the 80s or, you know, had home videos probably saw Big because it came out in 1988. It was directed by Penny Marshall and it stars Tom Hanks. Um, and Penny Marshall and Tom Hanks would go on a couple years later to make another, uh, maybe my favorite Tom Hanks movie, A League of Their Own. But picking a favorite Tom Hanks movie is really like, you know, picking your favorite kid because there's so many good ones. There's a lot. There's a lot of good ones. Um, and this one, this kind of started a, started a trend for Mr. Hanks. This was not nominated for two Academy Awards. Uh, one was the Best Original Screenplay for Gary Ross and Ann Spielberg, who's Steven Spielberg's sister. And the first of several uh, Best Actor uh, nominations for Tom Hanks in this one. Yeah. No, and I think this was one of the films that really skyrocketed his career. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of things were happening around that time. I think it was right after this, he did Splash. 
um, with Daryl Hannah, which was also a huge hit. It was really, you know, from 1988 to like 1995 was really like the the golden age of, you know, early Tom Hanks, right? I mean, he did Mm -hmm. probably 12 movies (laughs) in that time period. He did a lot and they were all fantastic. So, and this one really like, he definitely deserves his Oscar nod for this film because even though it is a comedy, it's it's considered a bunch of different things, a coming of age story, a comedy, mm-hmm. a rom- it's got some romance in it. Um, he has a lot of varying levels to this character because I think it's a lot harder than people realize to play someone that is 12 or 13 years old when you are really an adult, put in adult situations. And he does that pretty flawlessly. Some people mm-hmm. uh, who didn't like the film that I've spoken to in the last couple of days, they, they, they didn't like it because it made him uncomfortable because they were like, he really is just a child in these really adult situations. Um, oh, okay. We can get into that over, over the course of the film, but it was really good to see. I hadn't seen it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think it kind of speaks, I think it speaks a to how good um, his uh, friend, Billy, who's played by uh, Jared Rushton is in the film and how well they can kind of act together um, because Billy really kind of holds his own in scenes with Tom Hanks. And I think it's kind of a credit to credit to both Billy's acting ability and Tom Hanks, you know, ability to, to work with someone, you know, much younger than him and not, you know, sort of upstage him because obviously, you know, the career Tom Hanks has, that would have, that would have been easy for him to do. So you can just kind of get a, get a sense of, you know, what kind Absolutely. of person uh, he is there. So. Yeah. Well, why don't why don't we get into the uh, get into the film? So this one's going to open up, um, you know, same as last week. You know, these kids in the '80s playing their video games, so playing like a little uh, little uh, dungeon, you know, role playing game. He's he's there. He's trying to defeat the wizard, but you know, his mom's yelling at him. It's time to time to go get the trash taken out. So. And I was I was wondering, is that an actual real video game? I tried to look it up, and it, I could not get any information on that. Do you know if that's a real video game or not? It is not a real video game, but I believe that a company um, maybe in the past decade or so has made sort of a web-based uh, flash game you can play that's kind of in the same style, but at the time, no, it was just a, it's just some uh, computer graphics they threw up there, so it wasn't a real cool. video game. Okay. So, but yeah, so, so he's playing the game, gets interrupted to do chores, you know, you know typical uh, 13-year-old kid stuff, you know, got to take out the trash, and uh, so he's off doing that, and then you see him, he's kind of, you know, playing baseball with his, with his friend Billy. Uh, there and things and and kind of hanging out looking at baseball cards yeah this was so quintessential like 1980s semi-small town Mm -hmm. you know feel for me I loved this opening scene because he has parents you know he has a best friend he plays baseball it's kind of this you know he he's he's in a good spot in life, right? He's not hungry. Mm-hmm. He's, right. you know, yep. and it's very, and it's the eighties. So everyone's in eighties garb, but he's, you know, doing the things that you would want your kid or yourself to be doing at 12 or 13, you know, he's um, watching the kids sure. play basketball and there's his school looks like the school that I would have grown up in if sure. I'd stayed mm-hmm. in Montana and been in a small town. And it's interesting because this is in New Jersey, which is right across the river from New York City. So they're close enough to the big city to get in and out of it, um, which makes a big deal, you know, that comes back later. But they're far enough away where he's in like his own little brownstone. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's got like a baby sister. She might be a year old. I don't think she's even walking. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but he's kind of doing all the things, you know, they're talking on walkie talkies. That's right. And, you know, yeah, talking on walkie talkies, you know, just hanging out with his, with his friend. And then you'll uh, hear Billy say, uh, oh my God, it's Cynthia. And you see, see the girl. So that must be kind of the girl, you know, in this, uh, in junior high that, you know, all the, all the boys, you know, uh, have taken a fancy to, you see her kind of walking and, you know, going in the drugstore, right? That's, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, and she says, she says, hi, Josh, you know, and Josh kind of stands up. You can tell he's, he's kind of shy, kind of awkward, you know, just a typical 13 year old, 13 year old. He doesn't say anything. Billy's the one who's like, he says, hi, he says, hi, Cynthia. And of course, Billy, I love him. He's like, honestly, the best friend ever, because he's like, I'm sure she likes you. I will find out. She was dating some guy and, you know, she has a really annoying, ugly little brother. And so they're like, how in the world is this, did this genetics happen? Um, but Cynthia is definitely like the popular, beautiful chick. And mm-hmm. you can tell they're just getting into that, you know, starting to really be interested in girls. They have, they have some good, good chats about, you know, he's like, I'll find out if she likes you. I'll find out. Right. So, but yes, you can, you can definitely see he's, he's a little bit, you know, kind of awkward about her and stuff, but we're going to go ahead and, you know, they're having just kind of the small town festival uh, and Josh is there with his, with his parents, you know, getting, uh, you know, having, having some treats, winning some prizes and things, but uh, Josh looks over and he sees Cynthia kind of standing in line for this roller coaster. And, and I not think just Josh any is, roller coaster, it's the super looper the super looper it's something that i would not ride because i don't trust carnival rides but um what about you you like carnival oh, rides? in the 80s i mean everybody did that in the everybody but oh. me my, my dad was in insurance so you know oh, i always so got did. the story of like the kid who ended up getting her head chopped off or something um i would not have ridden it because i didn't i would not have wanted to be upside down and all this thing this ride looks like it does is go upside down like a billion times and that would right. have been not good for me um but you know he really wants to impress Cynthia or be next to Cynthia and so mm-hmm. he and it's cute because he and his dad are wearing like these really awful hats that they wear. yeah there's like a like he's a shark like a hat shark and an alligator hat, hat. <laughs> exactly and so he takes that off and he says I'm gonna go ride this ride and and his dad is pretty cool about it. His mom is just clueless. She's like, oh no, honey, I think that that ride is too big. And mm-hmm. the dad's like, yeah, well, we'll see in a little bit. So he like pushes his way up to the front of the line so he can sit next or stand next to Cynthia. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of, she notices him and they, she, you know, she's like, hey, have you ridden this ride before? And he totally lies. And he's like, yeah, of course I have. And, and then some dude arrives who's yeah, like that, that's right yeah so uh so this guy she's hanging out with uh kind of comes up you know much to uh josh's chagrin and she goes this is Derek. he drives so you know older boy you know i'm much taller than than josh and much you know, josh taller. josh is a little little bummed out there you know he thought he was going to get to go on this roller coaster with cynthia but but Derek comes in blows up his spot and then josh gets up to uh turn in his ticket and go on the ride but not quite tall enough to make it not quite tall enough. Yeah. yeah There's like a to, chicken or something that's like you yeah. have to be yeah, you have to be this, my wing this, to ride. <laughs> yeah, you have you have to be this tall to ride the ride. And Josh unfortunately is is not quite tall enough. So so Cynthia and Derek, you know, go on to the uh, roller coaster, but but Josh isn't able to. So he kinda kinda he's walks completely off. dejected. Yeah, looking a little looking a little defeated there. So he's kind of wandering back through the back through the carnival, you know, licking his wounds, so to speak, but he sees off in the distance this uh this mysterious looking arcade machine so he's going to walk up to it 
Yeah, it's old. It's like a, it looks like a telephone booth almost. Mm -hmm. um, it's about that size. And it's got a, a, a man in a, with a turban on and he's made out of metal. And the top of it says Zoltar Speaks. Mm -hmm. And he has a quarter. He's like, what the heck? So he puts the quarter in and the Zoltar looking dude, his eyes start to glow and his head starts to go up and down. And mm -hmm. uh, he thinks it's a video game. And it says, you know, make a wish and then aim the quarter uh, into Zoltar's mouth. And he does, um, mm -hmm. which is pretty good because it does not, it did it's probably harder than it looked i wonder how many times they did that um it, right. you know they, they did takes of it because it looked like timing was everything but he does it on the first try and he makes a wish and his wish is to be big and that's mm -hmm. all he yeah. says he just says i wish i was big yeah he says i wish i was big and then um you hear kind of a noise he looks down and a little uh, business card kind of pops out of the bottom of this zoltar speaks machine um, and he turns it over and it just says, your wish is granted. Um, so he kind of looks at the card taken back a little bit. And then he's uh, kind of steps back from the machine and he notices that the machine's not even plugged in. It's just kind of sitting over here off to the side from the rest of these arcade games. So it's not plugged in um, and the machine turns off. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't think, think too much of it. You know, it's kind of weird, but, you know, you know, no big deal. So, uh, so they're going to go back home, but the winds are changing. So crazy you hear there's like a like a dog running out there's a big windstorm going on knocking over right. bicycles and bicycles and things you you definitely get the uh the sense that something you know ominous is going on something's in the air so and his his sister who's like i guess he's sharing a room with her um mm -hmm. she's crying and his mom comes in and and gets her but he's dead asleep he doesn't move and she doesn't notice anything weird um and so she takes the the toddler and leaves the room and it's not until the next morning when things start to get really crazy because josh kind of wakes up and he goes to the bathroom and it's there in front of the mirror where he realizes that he is no longer the 12 year old boy uh that we saw he is now, Tom Hanks, who's, I guess, mm -hmm. supposed to be about 30 <laughs> in this mm -hmm. film. And so it's a pretty interesting scene because at first he's like, I'm really tired. And he rubs his eyes and then he washes his face. And then he's like, oh, my God. And he's got like hair on his chest. He kind of checks out his junk because I guess <laughs> yep. that's what you do. As you, as you do. Yeah. As you do. Um, and then he runs. His mom is calling him for, for breakfast. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah. he has to figure out how to get, you know, some clothes because he can't even get into his pants because he's so much taller now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, he's trying to put on a pair of his, of his own jeans, you know, falling over his mom's kind of looking, looking up, up at the ceiling, wondering what, what the heck's going on up there. Um, but he's pretty smart. He has his wits about him. He runs into his parents' room and grabs some, uh, some sweats and a sweatshirt of his dad's. And, um, then his mom tells him, you know, bring down your sister when you come down. You know, and he's he's trying to uh, you know raise the pitch on his voice because his because his voice has dropped obviously. Uh, he's you know not a thirteen year old kid anymore. So right. um, then you just then you just see kind of a, a really great scene. You see his uh, sister rolling in in some like inflatable uh, like baby walker kind of a thing, and and Josh is you know running out the front. It's the door rainbow to... walker man. It was all the rage in nineteen eighty eight. That's what you did. Try, it's it was almost as dangerous as that uh, looping roller coaster, no doubt. Right. 
but yeah so josh josh is running out he has no idea what he's going to do so he he runs out he's trying to trying to kind of wrap his head around this thing so yeah, he gets on the bike and the bike is obviously, I mean, it's set for a 12 year old. So his knees are like at his chin, you know, trying to mm -hmm. ride around. And again, it's the 80s. So that was what everybody did, right? I mean, you rode your right. bike all over town and he ends up trying to go back to where this carnival was. Mm -hmm. And he sees the carnival grounds, but they have left. So there's all sorts of trash everywhere. Um, the environmentalist in me kind of freaked out a bit when I saw that scene, um, cause it was like, who's going to clean this all up. But, um, there was nothing there. There was just a bunch of trash. Yeah. So what to do. So he's going to, he's going to go back home and, uh, try to try to explain this to his mom, you know, how he, how he ended up uh, getting big overnight. So, so he walks in through the front door, um, and he says, uh, you know, hi mom or whatever. And she turns around in the kitchen there and she just starts screaming. screaming. Yeah, she just and I like it because he, he says, sorry, sorry. And he runs out the front door and he wipes his shoes off because he thinks that she's screaming because he didn't wipe his shoes. But yeah, it's it has nothing to do with the fact that there's this strange 30 something year old man uh, in oversized like sweat clothes standing in front of her and she's vacuuming. So she sees his feet first, mm -hmm. you know, and she looks up and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he leaves and he comes right back and he's trying to talk to her and mm -hmm. he's not making a lot of sense. And to yeah, be fair, again, this really goes to his acting ability. Cause if I was in that situation, I don't know what I would have said to my own parents. Like, you're right. not going to believe me, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. So he's trying to tell her, he's like, you know, things only I know, um, you know, telling her all this stuff. I think a, a gift that he'd got her and he tells her that he has a, a birthmark on his, uh, on his rear. So he uh, drops the sweats down. And at this point, mom, you know, pulls a knife out of the knife block and, <laughs> and is like, as like, get out of my, get out of the house, of course. Right. So all, all she knows is that her son is gone and this uh, crazy <laughs> older man is uh, just busted in through her, through her front door. So, you know, bless her, I guess, for, uh, for not taking things, things further, but but uh, you know, Josh takes the hand. He's not not going to be able to uh, to sway her opinion at this time. So yeah. So he's off. He's back out of the house. Right, right. And you know, again, to his to his credence. I mean, his poor mom. You know, there's this whole underside of the story that you know, as you as see it as an adult, you're like, man, that woman. She's terrified, right? Um, but he does the next best thing, right? His mom doesn't believe him. So who does he go to? He goes to his best friend Billy, and this scene I really liked too, because it also gets a little dark and then kind of becomes okay again, because mm -hmm. he's trying to tell Billy and Billy is at the gym of his school mm -hmm. and he goes to, he kind of talks, starts to talk to him and Billy doesn't know who this person is. And right. there's a moment where Billy actually starts to get really scared and starts to cry where he's trying to get away from him. And he's like, I, I know everything. I'm your best friend. You've been friends forever. And the only thing that convinces Billy is when he starts singing this shimmy shimmy coco pop shimmy shimmy ra this like song that they sang together mm -hmm. and they wrote together or something yep but before that Billy looks freaking terrified he really thinks this guy is gonna find you know he's gonna grab me he's gonna chop me up into little bits you know I'm never gonna see my family again yeah it he is uh, great acting yeah he genuinely looks you know pretty freaked out but as Josh starts singing this the song that we'd seen them kind of singing together, you know, kind of in that first montage uh, part of the film, it's, you know, it's setting in on Billy that, okay, I, I don't really understand who this old guy is, but he definitely, you know, knows enough about Josh. Let me hear him out. 
and you know josh goes on to explain about the about the zoltar machine so billy being good friend that he is he's gonna go back home billy lives right next door to josh which is which is pretty convenient because all the police are at josh's house um, right. so billy runs into his own house and you know gets some of his dad's clothes get some some uh some extra cash from i think from his uh, dad's underwear drawer or something he says yeah um, gives him some cash and he says go to the city we'll find this machine we'll get everything back to normal so billy's uh billy's pretty cool uh cool customer here in this you know he's he's got a got a pretty good plan so yeah everybody needs a friend like billy to go in a crisis right who once they're over the initial shock they kind of know what to do billy's strikes me as much more street smart and a much less naive than josh mm -hmm. um yep. in this kind of scenario and so you know Billy's the one who finds this hotel. Uh, it's a St. James hotel. It's a flop house. It's like 1750 a night. And, you know, Josh is like, I don't want to stay here. And Billy's like, dude, it's religious. It's fine. It'll be fine. And he says, I got to be home by 10. I mean, <laughs> it was so 1988 right, when I yeah. was 12. Oh my gosh. If I was anywhere at 7 PM, there's no way. But anyway, right. um, yeah. Yeah, it tells them it'll be fine. It's you know, it's it's St. James Hotel. It's a uh, biblical something. So biblical yeah, so, so they go in, and uh, I you get the feeling that the uh, gentleman at the front counter of this hotel has probably seen everything. Like you said, it's a flop house. It's seventeen dollars and fifty cents a night. Um, there's also a ten dollar deposit on the sheets. So so this guy's seen everything. So a a thirty year old man and a thirteen year old boy coming in, you know, asking for a uh, doesn't phase him for a, a room. <laughs> doesn't phase him a bit. So. You know, so he just takes the money, gives him his, gives him his room. He goes up with Billy, you know, Billy wisely says, you know, make sure you, make sure you uh, put the deadbolt on when I leave. Yeah, put um, the chain on, it'll be fine. And then you, and then you get, it's, it's really kind of emotion. It's hard to watch almost. Um, you see, you know, Tom Hanks there and it's kind of just setting in on him that he's, he's all alone. He's in this, you know, dingy hotel and there's gunshots out, out in the street. And then, you know, a really angry kind of telephone call and the, hallway of this hotel and you see he's just really scared he doesn't know what to do and he yeah. tries to kind of push the dresser over in front of the door and he just kind of falls down into into bed crying you know he's you know can't go back home to his parents he's up here all alone doesn't know what to do yeah yeah that it was again a testament to his acting because you know you see the layers right where this is funny but there are moments where it's definitely not and you know it, there's a dude behind on the other side of the wall screaming in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't even understand it. Uh, what he was saying, I tried, I tried a couple of times to re-listen to it to figure out if they were talking about a drug deal that had gone bad or if he was right. just yelling at a TV, I, I could not figure it out, but it was very scary. It sounded very violent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it makes you wonder how much money Billy's dad actually got um sure, out of yeah. his father's drawer because they go out you know the next day billy comes back josh survives the night in the flop house they go mm -hmm. looking for arcades because they think it's maybe an arcade of some kind or a game right. nobody has this this zoltar's uh speaks uh mm -hmm. machine they try and figure out how they could maybe get a list of all of the carnivals in the area that so that they could maybe go figure out who carries that game they end up mm -hmm. going to like the, the a registration office of some kind and right. so it looks like they're gonna be it's gonna be like six weeks they say before they'll get a list uh mailed to them mm -hmm. and so 
you know, Billy's really smart. He's like, look, the money that my dad's drawer has is not going to last forever. You're going to need to get a job. Right. Yeah. And they're sitting kind of at this diner and, you know, Billy's going through the, uh, going through the one ads and stuff and that, <laughs> and you get a, a pretty neat scene. Uh, you know, Josh is uh, kind of playing with this cherry out of the smokeshake and things <laughs> in his, in his mouth and people, you know, at the diner are looking at him like he's nuts. Cause you know, because he's 30 because he's 30 and not 13 um but although it is pretty gross if you're 13 anyway i mean but yeah so he's you know he's telling him to uh tell him he needs to find a job so so they do stumble on one it's it's a computer job at this toy company so that sounds pretty good so josh is going to uh go out and uh, try to apply for this one see so they get to the get to the business and they're hanging out there in the in the waiting room uh, pretty neat you see him you know he's trying to fill out this application and so he's like what did, what did that other guy put on his and they kind of look up like they're you know like in their uh, in their junior high math class trying to uh, trying to copy off of right. the guy and he, he kind of pulls it back which is which is pretty funny um, yeah he, he, he remembers those days you could tell he was like right. you're not stealing my social security number i got that's this right. one down that's that's right so the so the uh, the receptionist comes out and tells him you know he can go in for his interview and tells him that his son can wait out in the out in the lobby which they both think is hilarious but. right i mean who brings first of all who brings their kid to a job interview right but this job interview is my favorite thing uh it, it, everybody wants a job interview that goes this well first of all it's oh, yeah. this old dude who he's like pushing up and down a pen like it's a it's got percocet in it that is you mm-hmm. know injecting into his eyeballs or something he is like really really hyper but then he right. says oh you, you're missing your couple of yeah numbers you're numbers on your yeah. <laughs> right and of course poor kid he's 12 he doesn't know he's like um 12 12 and he asks him where he went to school and he says oh george washington because it's like george washington junior high probably of uh yep. Cedar Falls, New Jersey, or wherever. Right. And he says, Oh, I went to GW, or my brother in law went there. He got his master's, blah, blah. And so they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of just having a regular conversation. And Tom Hanks, by the way, he's now, he's no longer in his father's sweats. He's in the clothes that Billy's father had. I mean, he's in like this powder blue suit. Mm-hmm. It's awful, even for the 80s. I mean, I, I think maybe they took it out of the closet from, you know, Saturday Night Fever. It's this awful kind of cottony twill suit. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah, it's not a it's not a good look, but it apparently does does the trick because uh, the boss here decides you know he can give him the job because uh, this uh, woman comes in just kind of interrupts the the interview and we later find out that this is Susan. She's kind of a kind of an up and comer, kind of an overachiever here. She's in you know complaining about one of the coworkers so. You know, right. the boss is like, I, I need to deal with this. You can, ha- you can have the job. It, you know, right. When can you start? And he's like, very soon. So, yeah. so this I, apparently was back in the day when you could start jobs the same day you interviewed for them. And they weren't like restaurant jobs or retail. It was like a computer job. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Josh uh, gets this job and you, and you can see, I guess, why maybe it was so easy for him to get it. It's just a it was uh, listed in the newspaper as kind of this computing job, but really it's just some data entry for this uh, for this toy company. So, so he gets in and it starts working, entering the stuff. And you know, he's a thirteen-year-old kid; he's probably pretty good at uh, data entry for then. You know, computers computers were new, so he starts to put them 
in, but as uh, his new coworker Scott, who's played by John Lovitz, who's always you know memorable and and everything that he does, uh, just kind of turns to him and he's like, "Hey, don't make us look bad on your first day." So it's like we're they're gonna fire all of us. You need to slow down, right? Mm-hmm. And Josh uh, is like, "Oh, well, okay. I mean, all right." And then you know Scott gives his you know he he gives him this. Uh, kind of rundown of where things are in the office and who's who. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he uh, points to this girl uh, who's standing over by the file cabinets. He says, see her, you know, you stay away from her because, you know, or, or you look at her and and uh, what, what he's something about, if you look at her, she'll sleep with you. Like she's, she's really easy to get into her yeah. pants. Yeah, he says he says some he says something very inappropriate, but Josh has a has a good you know thirteen year old kid response. He says, "Well, I'll stay away from her then." Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Scott doesn't warning, get it at all. Yeah, Scott. Scott's warning uh, warning him, you know, to uh, go make a pass at this girl, but you know, Josh Josh isn't isn't quite ready for that. So yeah, but but he's working. He's working hard. He's he's uh he's running through the hallways and he's going to crash into the uh, into the boss of this uh, toy company. Um, she runs into him and you know boss isn't too upset he gets up and he's like oh where were you going he said i needed to go and get these get these faxed and you know the boss is like oh that's you know that's some good initiative everyone could uh use a little bit more hustle right paul and he turns to uh to kind of his uh kind of next in line uh named paul uh who's played uh really great by uh, john John heard yeah you know and he he's always kind of you know playing those roles where um, (laughs) you know you know kind of these kind of these uh scorned uh business type roles and but he's really good at it you know and, yeah it's either that and, or kevin McAllister's dad right that's right and, and paul's just kind of like who who is this guy i need probably need to keep my eye on him to get the feeling so. yeah yeah because he's running around and yeah it was interesting um because paul and susan and the boss mm-hmm they're having this discussion about product lines and how, the, you know, the big boss is saying, you know, just because your marketing report is telling us that this is going to happen, this is not actually, I, this, I don't have faith that this is going to happen. And it's right, right then. And so I think, you know, you, you see that both Paul and Susan are kind of under the gun trying to get, you know, a footing for uh, you know the next product line or to, you know to keep their jobs right so josh yeah. uh ends up calling his mom right mm-hmm. from the office which yep. obviously in the i mean this is definitely uh not a realistic situation <laughs> but you wouldn't do that right because the fbi would be tapping the phone and the next scene would definitely be you know them storming in to the data room where he All is because right. he is in the office sitting next to this nasty Scott dude played by John Lovitz. Right. And he's calling Mm -hmm. her to say, you know, your son's okay. He's going to be all right. And she, you know, she's got, she's very mama bear on this. She's like, I, if you, if you hurt him at all, I will spend the rest of my life making sure that you were miserable. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to know if he's okay. Right. Yeah. And Josh is like, wow. You know, he's, he's like, man, my mom really, (laughs) really uh, cares about me. So so that's kind of neat. So he's like, well, you know, what's the question, you know, only, only he would know and I'll, um, I'll ask him and I'll tell you what it is. That way you'll know that he's, that he's fine. And she asks him, she says, what, what song did I sing to him when, when he was uh, a little baby or whatever? 
And Josh just he kind of stare, stares into the distance. He's like, can you ask him something else? <laughs> Cause Anything he, else? Cause, yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't know doesn't know the answer right away, but it but it comes to him and it's it's memories. So then you you see Tom Hanks, you know, singing memories into the phone to his mom. You see John Lovitz kind of looking over the cubicle at him. It's like, what is wrong with this guy? This guy's what a guy who <laughs> right? Oh, awful. Oh, and the poor mom, she's just miserable. She's crying and he's like, she's going to be fine. You don't mm-hmm. feel so bad about it. Um, they do a good job of kind of downplaying it. Um, mm-hmm. sure. but yeah. So, and the next thing, you know, it's payday. That's right. Yeah. Time, time flies when you're big, as you know, you know, everyone's working for the weekend, but they're coming around handing out, handing out the uh, paychecks to everyone, you know. And Josh turns over to Scott and he's like, what's this? And he's like, it's payday. And Josh opens it up and, you know, it's the most money he's probably ever seen in his whole life. You know, Scott's a little, Scott's, Scott's a little less impressed, but, uh, but he's, he's got his, got his paycheck. So now he's, he can uh, afford a couple more nights at the hotel, at least, I guess. So, right, right. Um, so we get a, get a really good scene. Uh, you know, Billy's done with school for the week, I guess. So he's come up into the city to, to see Josh and check in on him and they're at the bank signing over he wants to get this check cashed <laughs> and the uh the teller the woman asks him how he wants it and they kind of go back and huddle up and uh they, as you do back as you do he comes back and says well, three dimes one one hundred dollar bill and 87 ones and she looks totally annoyed <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I mean yeah it's pretty but, funny but you're uh but you're 13 years old uh you and your friend and you're up in up in new york city and you just uh you just stumbled into 187 dollars for your first week's work what are you going to do you're going to go and you're going to get all of the uh all the junk food and all of the pizza and all of the silly string that uh new it. york has new york has to offer and you're going to go up to your uh to your uh gross hotel room and sit on the floor and eat all of it i guess hey but, on the floor which is so great i mean Ugh. It might be it might be better than the bed. I don't know. Well, the sheets were new, <laughs> at true. least, right? They had, were freshly cleaned. Had that deposit on them, so they were probably good. But yeah, you get that kind of iconic um, scene from Big where they're having the silly string fight, so making it look like it's you know coming out of their noses and out of their mouths and things. Right. And they have they have the big fight. I think Josh says he's never eating anything ever again. You know, as you just see all these empty pizza boxes and cookies <laughs> and and potato chip wrappers and stuff all over the place. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's the life right there. But that's the life. And but, then um, uh, I guess Billy goes back to the city, and or back from the city, he goes back home, and Josh is just hanging out at the coolest toy store in New York City, FAO Schwartz. We talked about it. Um, gosh, two, three. When we talked about Elf, right? Mm-hmm, um, yep. And so right. it's it's very iconic for New York. And if you don't know anything about FAO Shorts, one of the amazing things about it um, is that you can play with everything. They have um, amazing displays and they have a lot of toys that are just out that you can play with. And so it's really fun um, for you and your kids. I loved going whenever I went to New York and I am uh, was a full-fledged adult. But the mm-hmm. cool thing is that obviously Tom Hanks is right, you know, running around with like laser tag um, mm-hmm. before it became like a really big thing in the 90s. Um, yep. There's like this, you know, a thing you put on your chest and then, you know, you got a little gun and he finds like another 13-year-old kid that he's playing with, right? Yep, yeah, so playing laser tag, he's... Got like a big uh, stuffed zebra. He's riding around through the 
threw the store on, you know, he's just having the time of his life. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if he maybe had ever been to FAO shorts. It's hard to say, but definitely not without his parents, you know, they might've put the lid on, you know, some of that, some of that behavior. So he's just there uh, living life. Now it's important to, uh, well, it's not really important to to say, but FAO shorts actually uh, closed, I believe it was in 2015. Um, But then it uh, reopened. Um, what did, what did we see? It was it was uh, purchased by Macy's and they reopened it in 2018. So it is yes. back open again. And so. now it's on Rockefeller Center. It used to be somewhere else, I think. Um, I keep saying that and then I can't find out where it was. But it's uh, it's on 30, I think it's 30 Rockefeller now. So I haven't been to the new one because I think it reopened, as you said, in 2018. So um, I have not been to New York in a while. But yeah, if anybody's not, been and they have an update that they want to share with us, we are all ears. I want to yeah. know. Yeah, let us know. But but if if you do go, because uh, we have both been um, independently, but if you do go and you go upstairs into the toy room, there is a big uh, piano on the floor that you can that you can walk out on. And uh, Tom Hanks sees this uh, piano. Josh does, but right before his boss, the one that he just ran into a couple of days prior and his first day of work comes up to him and he says, Hey, don't you work for me? And right. Josh is like, Oh yeah. And they start, and you know, so Josh is just talking about toys, you know, he's, he's loving this and his, you know, boss who owns the, the toy company says that he likes to go to FAO shorts on the weekend. So he can see, see the toys kind of in action, see the kids playing with them. Cause that's the kind of information you don't get from, you know, just your business reports and stuff. Right. Yeah. And he asks, uh, they go through the store and he's asking Josh all these questions like, Hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this? And he gives really good feedback. He's like, yeah, I love this game, but you know, these parts, they change the way they move and there's this hockey game and it used to go right to left and side to side. And now it just spins and that doesn't make any sense. Why would I change it? And, and he's like, man, I don't know why we changed it. And, you know, they're walking along and they're on the second floor, as you say, and then they both kind of stumble on this really big, uh, floor piano. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not a lot of people, there's some people around, but there's not a lot of people around. And um, they start to kind of play music and they start with heart and soul. And mm-hmm. so if you are no piano or familiar with it, you know, there's a melody and, and kind of the, the ba- I don't know if it's called the bass, you would know better than me about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your uh, your right hand and your left hand are are playing different parts for sure. So, so the boss is playing the uh the right hand, uh, kind of the lead part, and uh, Tom Hanks is you know playing kind of this uh kind of backing melody to it. But they they get on this piano and they're playing it together, and you know just just having you know the time of their lives. You see, um, you see his boss. He just looks like he's like he's having a great time. You know, yeah. Because because you know he's he's the big wig of this big toy companies so you know people probably never you know ask him to do anything and they're all probably scared of him so yeah you Um, never know when the last time he actually played with any of the toys that he built you know or so that so they play they play through the song and then and then uh famously they do uh chopsticks on there which is the first song everyone learns to play on a piano whether you know how to play a piano or not um and kind of this kind of this big crowd kind of gathers gathers in they're watching him you know they're having a great time and and then his uh, his boss turns to him and and says, "I think I want to promote you." And so he does. So Josh is now the uh, vice president of product development. 
I'm going to go to FAO Schwartz and just start randomly finding people to see if they'll promote me. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, now I think that's a great way to uh, to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they actually had to, so the piano at FAO Schwartz, if you go, it's just one octave. So they had to make a custom one for for the film because it's um, in two octaves because both of them are on it. So yeah, so it's a, little, a little different, but, but it you is can a definitely, little different. You, you can definitely still go and you can, you can still do it and kind of recreate the scene, which is a lot of fun. It is. It is. I, but that explains it. Why it didn't sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause when I did it, I was like, this doesn't sound the right way. Uh, yeah, that's right. But uh, Billy's, you know, done with school again. So he's going to come up. And Josh is showing him his office. He tells him, you know, I'm the, the vice president of product development. And Billy says, so if the president dies, does that mean you get his job? <laughs> and Josh says, now there's <laughs> now there's like a hundred of us, which is is funny if you work in corporate America, you know, that there are like a hundred uh, VPs. Um, so, that was, so that was kind of funny. So it's still the same back in the eighties. So he's at the office and then you're going to see Paul, he's kind of, kind of freaking out. He's like, you know, who is this guy, Josh? Why is he the vice president of product development? You know, that should, that should be my job. And, you know, Josh is, is sitting there. Susan's there at the breakfast table with them. Uh, so you kind of get the feeling that they're romantically involved yeah. at least on, yeah. at least on some level, um, but he's, <laughs> right. you know, he's, he's freaking out and, but they're having breakfast and then the camera kind of pulls back and there's a milk carton and it has, um, the picture of Josh on it as the as a missing kid. So so the yeah. uh, the very person that he's uh, you know ranting about is this kid that's uh, lost on this milk carton. So. Right, right, and you know, and because now he's this big wig VP, he gets all this really cool stuff. So his office is bigger than Paul's office. Um, which of course Paul's not happy about, but he has his own admin assistant now who, you know, when Billy comes to visit, he's like, you know, <laughs> he brings out this whole tray of chips and Cheetos and Pepsi and tons of junk food. And they're just like, oh, Billy's like, you've arrived, man. This is amazing. And mm. he's like, I can't believe that they pay you to just play with toys and tell them what you think. And right you know, it's, it's really pretty cool and it does yeah, sound and, great. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what his job pretty much is because, you know, Paul's, Paul's upset that he got this promotion, but Paul's, you know, doing his own sales meeting, kind of going over the numbers saying, you know, what a success, you know, this new toy is going to be, he's kind of, kind of showing it off and talking about how, how great it is. But Josh is just kind of sitting there playing with it. It's this big, you know, transformer robot looking thing. And it transforms from a robot into a building. Um, and Josh is just like, well, what's, what's fun about that? And, you know, Paul's super, Paul's super annoyed about, by it. Right. He's like, what, what do you mean? What's fun about that? It's, it's a robot. It transforms. And, and Josh is like, well, yeah, but it transforms into a building. No one wants to play with a building. It would be better if it, you know, a robot that transformed into a bug, um, which uh, side note, transformers did make uh, robots that turn into bugs on their uh, beast wars line um, in 1996. So it was, a little, uh, little foreshadowing there. I don't know if the uh, Transformers uh, people were were uh, big uh, Penny Marshall and Tom Hanks yeah. fans. But, well done, but Josh. There, but there you go. So yeah, so his boss, you know, well done, well done, Josh. So uh, Paul's, you know, definitely, definitely not getting one up. He's just getting angrier by the minute. Yeah, and you know the way he says it is, he's just like, oh, I, j- I just don't get it. What's so great about this toy? And you see him playing with it. It's enormous. It's like three feet tall. The arms mm-hmm. like come off. And yeah, Paul, Paul's not impressed with his kind of childlike wonder. 
about, you know, what, 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 if, what if we do this? What if we try this? And so everyone is just really just taken, everybody else in the business meeting is just really taken with Josh's idea and they want to run with it. And uh, after that, we get this montage of him and Billy in now that he's, I guess he's gotten his first VP paycheck. Back, um, yeah. which must be amazing because he gets this amazing studio apartment um, mm-hmm. in in Manhattan. And so they yeah, fill this- it, of course, with like the most crazy 19 late, like late 80s kids stuff, right? Oh yeah, it looks, it looks totally incredible. But yeah, this, this apartment is just insane. So, so that's the of all the things that's happened, I could suspend belief, but that you would get this apartment after uh, after one paycheck is the it's a VP. I don't I don't quite buy that, but yeah, the the apartment's great. He's bringing in there's like a like a big Pepsi machine, and you know he's got a got a trampoline, big basketball hoop in there. Um, he's got you know, bunk they're, beds. They're uh, they're they're playing. They're uh, you know they're there to uh, bring in the arcade machines. So Billy and Josh run over and drop a water balloon out of this uh, high-rise window down at the people delivering the, delivering the arcade machines, which is not safe. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, um, don't please. do that. That's not good. <laughs> but after they're, done, after they're done playing, you know, Josh is in his uh, bunk beds, you know, as, as you get when you're 30, um, up on the top bunk, and he's kind of writing a letter out to his mom, and you kind of hear Tom Hanks doing the voiceover on it, you know, saying that, you know, he is fine. He should be, he'll be home, and I'll bring him back in a month you know, but I'm, yeah. I'm doing fine. So I'm all right. I mean, they, and they, they do some other things, right. They go to a baseball game. Um, I mean, he's kind of just living his best, <laughs> best 12 year old life. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he, you know, again, you don't, you, you feel bad about the parents, but you don't feel so bad that it distracts. Um, right. But yeah, that apartment is just insane. I mean, I, I don't even know how that, how that works. Um, but yeah. they move, uh, they move from there to, I guess the company is going to have, uh, they're having a party. I don't, I don't know really what time know. of year it is. Yeah. I don't know. It, it didn't seem to be like a Christmas party. So I don't know if it's, it was, it was just some sort of a party, but yeah, having a company party, the, the boss is there. He's ordering, ordering himself a scotch and Susan comes up. She's trying to talk shop with him and he's just like, Susan, have a drink, <laughs> yeah. calm down, stop, stop talking about work for a minute. And you know, just, just, uh, just relax a little bit, but that's Meanwhile, when Josh comes in looking good. Oh my good. gosh. Oh gosh. He, so yeah, Josh comes in, he looks like, I don't know, a very, um, a very innocent matador mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> because he's got this tuxedo with tails and it sparkles. I mean, it has got a lot of, I mean, if it was black, I would have thought, um, that he was, um, one of those Spanish singers. Yeah, he could have been like a troubadour, like going around with the, uh, <laughs> with the with the guitar guitar playing it. But yeah, he, he comes in in this in this white uh, tuxedo, um, looking ridiculous, and his boss goes up to him and and you know tells him welcome. He says, "Where where'd you get that? You know, or that's a that's a pretty fancy tuxedo." And Josh says, "Oh, thanks, I rented it." He's like, "But this is a real bow tie. That's why I'm late." Uh, which, which is pretty, which is pretty funny, but, and then you yeah. see Josh kind of, kind of going around, you know, he's, he's just a 13 year old kid. So, you know, he doesn't know how to, uh, behave at these swanky, swanky type of parties. So he's just kind of going around eating the food. He's, uh, licking the cream cheese out of these little, uh, celery, uh, logs they have made up there. He's gets this carrot and he dips about a hundred times into, into the, uh, veggie dip there and you get the, get the classic there of him, you know, eating the little baby corn, like it's I a little, like a little ear of corn. Oh, 
yeah. And Susan is kind of watching this whole thing. You know, she was told to have a drink, so she's got herself a glass of champagne. Um, her boyfriend, Paul, is completely um, three sheets to the wind. He's had probably, mm-hmm. I don't know, he's got a martini in front of him. It's probably his sixth or seventh because he is like slurring and he's angry and he's just like, burr, 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 burr. and so she leaves the table with all these guys that are just drunk and angry and she goes Mm -hmm. over to talk to josh and she um asks him if he wants to try some caviar and it's beluga which if you know caviar especially in that time of in that that area that space in the world it's very expensive um caviar and there's tons of it i was very jealous because i love caviar and i was like oh my gosh that is more caviar than i think i've ever seen so she puts some on a cracker and she gives it to him and he is not impressed and it's really funny because he basically like hurls it up like yeah he's like, he's like ha- hacking it up yeah right he takes a, a napkin and he's like wiping it out of his mouth because it's so vile um and mm-hmm. she d- is not turned off by that oddly enough and no. asks if he wants to get out of there and you know she's got a limo so um they get in the limo and she's gonna d- drive him home i guess and mm-hmm. that's like the best because yeah. He's yeah, they get super they get impressed. Out, yeah, they get outside and he sees the limo and he's like, "Well, this is your, is this your limo?" And she's like, "Well, it's, you know, it's the company's it's the company's limo." But but they get in and you know, he's excited. There's a lot of stuff to to poke at and push it, buttons to push and things inside of the limo. So you know, he's he's playing with the automatic door locks and you know, with the sunroof, he grabs the phone off of the thing. He turns the radio on, and you know, Susan's you know trying to kind of kind of keep his attention, but you know, he's you know, he's a, he's a kid in a candy store here, you know, the, riding in this limo, you know, it's the, the highlight of, of his night. So he eventually gets, gets the radio on and, you know, jumps up through the, uh, the moonroof on the, on the limo. And he, you know, tells Susan to come up there and she, and, you know, she, you kind of see like this little turn in her, right. Where she's like, okay, I, I brought him out to the limo because I wanted, you know, to kind of further my own agenda. And he just wants to have fun. You know, he's not, you know, you know, pretending to, you know, be something he's not and things. He's just, he's just kind of, you know, living his, living his life, having a good time. Yeah. And he, I mean, they get some food and he, you know, he, he does all the things that like a VP, a VP of product development perhaps would not have done in that Mm -hmm. time. Right. Certainly not the way Paul would have acted because he talks to the limo driver. He offers him fries, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're driving around and he says, Oh, that was my apartment. And She's like, oh, well, I'd love to see where you live. And he's like, okay. So, you know, the limo driver like stops and does a, a bow face and they end up going to the uh, kind of the front area of the, of the apartment and they're about to get in the door. And, you know, she probably is, she's an adult and she is not a kid in an adult's body. So she's like, I'm not sure if we should do this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And he's like, well, what, what do you, what do you mean? And she says, well, you know, I mean, I want to sleep over. And he's like, oh, you want to like spend the night? Okay. Um, but I get to be on top. And mm-hmm. yep. it's really pretty funny because she's like, what? <laughs> but then he, well, he opens the door and you can see there's bunk beds, right? <laughs> right, so yeah. Really they innocent go, about it. Yes, they go in, you know, and, and she sees now, well, she should have been tipped off. So the door to his apartment's decorated like a, you know, 13 year old boy might you know keep out signs and like, <laughs> right there's like a like a yankees picture and stuff on stuff on the door but 
but so they get in she sees you know kind of all these arcade machines you know he asks her if she wants a wants a pepsi out of the vending machine so he like he throws like a wadded up towel at it and he's like you don't have to put quarters in it yes and so you know he gives her that she's walking around he tells her not to not to touch his uh aircraft carrier model because the paint's not dry on it yet right by things. far that vending machine is the coolest thing if i could have one of those today i would i would I thought that was the coolest thing. It's even cooler than the big giant Gumby chair that if you look, it's in the mm, corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I yeah, haven't has, seen in forever, so. Yeah, he has a lot of cool stuff in there, including a big giant trampoline in the corner. Um, you know, and so he's like, he's like, oh, you should get on it. It's fun. And she's like, no, nah, I don't I don't really want to. But he climbs up there and he he kind of convinces her to and and she's not really jumping. But but eventually, you know, she kind of lets her lets her guard down and and she just has fun you know she just she turns into a kid kind of kind of for that moment and and you see him kind of from outside of the building just jumping on this trampling and you know she's she's having a good time but it's time to go to bed and and he does get to be on top he's on the top bunk and she's down in the down in the bottom bunk and he's kind of looking at her you know from over the over the side and he gives her this you know glow in the dark compass ring and she's like what's this and he's like oh it's so you don't ever get lost and she kind of has this this look about her like she doesn't really know what she's doing in this guy's apartment but she's also looks kind of happy that that she did and it, it went this way and not the way that she'd probably originally intended when they left the party so yeah well and then the next day um you know paul is that like caesar i guess they're in the car I don't know how she gets home. I don't, I don't really know a lot of those details, but he's, he makes a comment. He's like, oh, did you have fun last night? And it's weird because, you know, you you don't really understand what the dynamic is between them two until a little bit later. Um, But you got, you got the feeling they were definitely romantically involved. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, Paul in, for some reason decides to go into Josh's office and tell you know ask josh to go and play racquetball which mm-hmm. is not really a kid game and so of course josh is like well i'm much better at football or baseball or and he's like ah and he's like i i i'm much better i'm i'm good at video soccer and he's like that doesn't make any sense rah, rah, rah. it's not right. real sport unless you sweat you know <laughs> and, yeah, yeah he, he says it's not a, not a real sport if you don't sweat and josh says well people play golf and that's a sport and you don't sweat playing golf so but yeah, yeah, I think, I think it was, I think it was more just kind of a, kind of a power move for Paul to be like, I'm going to take you out and you, and I'll beat you at racquetball. You that'll get a little bit of my, of my uh, manly manhood back, you know, right. over you. I this. mean, and just when you say that, you're like, man, Paul's just a sorry kind of character, right? Like right. he's going to go and beat some dude in racquetball one time. And that means for some reason that they've even the score. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really ridiculous. So Josh doesn't know how to play. So Paul gives him the rules and then they're playing and he says, you know, it's a serve and it counts if it's over the line. If it doesn't make it over the line, then it doesn't, then you lose the serve. Mm -hmm. And so Josh is holding his own and then Paul ends up screwing up the serve and Josh points it out and Paul's like, no, no, it's, it's, it's my turn. And he says, no, it's not your turn. You lost the serve. It's my turn. And so they fight over the ball like children Mm -hmm. and Paul like ends up punching Josh in the face and they're like rolling around outside on the floor of this kind of gym area. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's then again, 
you know, Josh is really acting like a 13 year old because he's like, nah, leave me, dude, leave me alone. What's wrong with you? What's, and you know, right. well, Paul, I'm going to get you. And it's just like, whoa, this is a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Susan, you know, he goes to Susan, Josh goes to Susan and she just kind of nurses his wounds and, and uh, gets him something for his, his nose that's been bleeding. Um, but she's really had it with Paul's behavior. This mm-hmm. is the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know? And she goes into Paul's office and she gives her, uh, she gives him back a bunch of his stuff and she wants her, his key. And then he, he says some really awful things. Like you basically were with, you know, all of these people. And then you were with me, you know, I, what's so special about this guy. And right. she says, it's the classic, you know, line. She says, Oh, well, Josh is a grown up." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and then she chastises Paul for bringing up all these other men that she has been with. Um, mm-hmm. Because to her, it really does feel a little bit different. She's not, you know, maybe at the beginning when she saw him at the party, she was going to, as you said, you know, um, kind of serve her own agenda and figure out what he's about so that she could get in on the next deal and make sure that she's kind of riding the wave of success. But she seems to really genuinely care about Josh now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, Josh's birthday so Billy's gonna come up into the city and they're gonna go out they go out to a a pizzeria to kind of celebrate his birthday and they finish up there and they're kind of walking back and Billy's like oh we could we could go and do all this and that we could go and you know get I think he said cigarettes and playboys or something something like that you know things you would definitely do if you had a a 30 year old in if you're only only a 13 year old but Josh is is growing up and you know kind of kind of stings Billy but he says no I got I can't tonight you know, come back, come back tomorrow or come back next week and we can do that stuff. But, but I got to go. And he, you know, kind of abandons his friend there to go and see Susan. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they end up going to kind of like another carnival, right? I think it is actually Coney Island where they end up Mm -hmm. going. Um, But it's interesting because he's not looking for the Zoltar game at all. And you don't see it, but he rides the exact same looking ride, like that super looper thing mm-hmm. that he wanted to ride at the beginning that he was too small to. And yep. so they ride a bunch of rides, they play a bunch of games. Um, and uh, she gets a mustard on her face and he's kind of kind of telling her, you know, they're having kind of this <laughs> intimate moment and you hear, um, she hears a band playing kind of off in the distance. So she, you know, asks him, if, you know, to go over there and dance. So there's like a big, I don't know, kind of look like a swing band or something kind of over there playing some playing some yeah. music so so they're over there and they're and they're dancing and then it ends with um him uh kissing susan and it kind of closes in on the two of them kissing and as the camera pulls back out now they're finishing their kiss but they're at her apartment right and she's starting to take off her shirt and um you know again it's a little bit of an uncomfortable moment but it's also made really nice because she's kind of undoing her shirt and she turns the light off and then he gently goes and turns it back on and it's kind of sweet because she's like oh do you want to see and he's really he's like yeah <laughs> yeah he's I, like yes I yes I, I, I would like to see this <laughs> and um and then they just kiss um but it you know definitely leaves enough uh to the imagination to uh you know explain mm-hmm. what happens because the next the next scene is the elevator doors opening and josh walks out like he is a walking on a cloud <laughs> oh yeah yeah like like he's the uh he's the king of the world you know he's 
he's excited, you know, he's, he's uh, practically, you know, galloping through the hallway there saying hello to everyone. He tells um, his uh, kind of personal assistant that he, he wants a coffee, black, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's very excited, you know, <laughs> he's crossed Feeling over very the, adult. <laughs> he's, crossed, he's crossed over the uh, threshold to, uh, to manhood now. So, so he's, he's definitely living large. So gets his, uh, gets his coffee and goes to work for the day. And then um, they're at kind of a fancy uh, dinner there with, with Susan and, you know, some of Susan's friends and things having this uh, kind of dinner party. And you, you can see immediately the last time Josh was at a dinner party, you know, he didn't know what to do. He's looking the cream cheese out of the celeries and eating <laughs> right, baby right, corns like a right. maniac. But, but, you know, now he's, you know, he's sitting there, he, you know, looks, uh, you know, very grown up. He's, you know, kind of being quiet. They're having a, a nice conversation, but uh, I guess the host of the dinner party, their son comes out and he wants some help with his homework and, you know, mom and dad, you know, can't be bothered because they're having, you know, having this dinner party with their friends. So Josh says, algebra, I know that. I used to study that. So, so he yeah. goes in and is helping, helping with the homework. So, you know, you, you get the sense or you can really see, you know, Josh's, you know, kind of, kind of growing up and understanding what it's like to be an adult, but he really, he really is still just a, a 13 year old kid and he wants to go help this kid with his homework. Yeah. Yeah. And Susan, definitely, you can see she kind of adds another dimension, right? You can tell she's really getting more and more invested into, you know, that relationship because she sees him react around a kid. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, he's not disrespectful when he leaves the table. He's just like, oh, I'll go help him. You know, I, I used to study that too. And so it's, it's really nice. Um, and you, you add a little bit more depth to Susan because at the beginning, you, you don't, you're not getting much, right? Um, right. But uh, so the next scene is really pivotal around the, the business because everybody is being asked to pitch a brand new toy line. And so Josh is very nervous because he's never had to do any of the, kind of the hard stuff, right? He doesn't do the marketing mm -hmm. analysis. He's right. like, I just, I just come up with the ideas. And so Susan says, well, you know, we can team up together and we can put something together. And so they're, they're talking about how, you know, they'll, uh, you know, meet later and they'll come up with a plan. And it's really great because Susan, she's really excited and she's like, come on, it'll be neat. And, right. you know, she's really kind of it channeled her inner child without realizing kind of what, what, what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. but then Billy shows up. Yeah. So kind of, so to kind of mirror, you know, what's going on in Josh's life, you know, Josh, you know, has this promotion. He's being asked to pitch a whole new, uh, kind of toy line and things, but that you also see, you know, Billy back in the old neighborhood and he gets the list of these, uh, carnivals from the department of consumer affairs that they'd been too early. So, you know, it had been the, been the four to six weeks now. So Billy's yeah. excited. He's going to, going to go, they're going to get to find this Zoltar machine and get things back. But, you know, Josh is, has kind of moved on. He's got, you know, this big opportunity at his job. He's, he's kind of fallen into his, his new life, but yeah. So when Billy shows up with the list, Josh is on the phone, he's telling Billy, you know, hold on just a minute. I've got to finish up this phone call. And, you know, Billy finally hangs up the phone, tells him, you know, this is important. I'm your best friend. What's more important than that? And Billy kind of storms out. So you definitely can, can see now Josh is at this crossroads where does he want to, does he want to be the 13 year old kid that he is, or does he want to be, you know, this old, does he want to be big? You know, that's kind of yeah. the, the real crux of it. So. Yeah. And, you know, he, he goes on kind of a soul searching 
montage, right? Where he goes back to his old neighborhood. He actually uh, sees his old video game, not at his house, but, and he's like, oh, I, I, what am I going to do? Because at the beginning montage, at the beginning, the very first scene, it, you know, he needs to make a decision about what he wants to do with this dark wizard and Mm -hmm, he he couldn't he couldn't decide and he ran out of time and this time he's like oh i'm gonna melt it i'm gonna melt it with like a thermal ray and um Mm -hmm. but he also walks back through his old neighborhood he sees his old school there taking class pictures um he is you know sees his old house and he's like you know really you can tell connecting back and really realizing he needs to make a decision he can't um, continue to be uh, the, the the big adult that he um, is. And so he's back at Susan's house, you know, they're having dinner and mm-hmm. he confesses to her that, you know, he's a kid and it, you know, doesn't go as badly as when he tells his mom, cause she doesn't race after him with a butcher knife, right. but she's really and at first she's like, you know, I'm a kid too. There's a frightened child inside of me. And he's like, no, I, I really, I'm a kid. And I, I, and she's like, I, I, I don't accept this. I don't understand what you're saying. We have a really mm-hmm. big day tomorrow. And, you know, she, you know, had been asking earlier in the really, you know, a couple of nights before what was going on with them and what mm-hmm. they were doing. Cause they were putting together kind of this new idea Um, and she was handling all the marketing and he wasn't really mushy because he's 13. Right. But you can tell he really cares about her and, Mm. you know, she's really falling in love with him. And so she's really hurt that he's now saying he's a kid and she does not understand. And so she kind of throws him out of her house. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he's he's being very literal, right? Like he's telling her that he's a kid because that's exactly what what he is. But what she's hearing is probably things that she's heard from men, you know, this whole time. Now I'm, you know, I'm too immature. I can't can't settle down. I'm, you know, can't commit, baby. Can't can't commit, you know. So that that's kind of what she hears. So you know, she says, "Oh, I have a big day tomorrow. I'm going to bed." So she kind of you know goes off into the into the bedroom and you know leaves Josh out there to go home on his own. Right. Uh, you know, so, so now, you know, he's, he's kind of upset Susan, you know, telling her that he's upset Billy because, you know, Billy showed up with the list, you know, he's ready to get his, get his uh, friend back. And he was basically kind of ushered out of, out of his office. So we go into Billy's room and you just see him, he's throwing out, you know, all this stuff, kind of memorabilia and stuff from, from their friendship. But that's when the walkie talkie kind of clicks on that they'd been speaking on earlier in the, in the film. And it's Josh's mom. Um, You kind of see her hanging out the window and, you know, Billy goes over out the window and he's telling her, you know, it, it's going to be okay, Josh. Josh is going to be all right. Just, you know, trust me. I, you know, it, it's all going to work out. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, that's a, it's one of my favorite scenes. Once again, I mean, the actor who plays Billy, he really was very special because he was young, but mm-hmm. he totally held his own because again, he, you know, he's very street smart. He was wise beyond his years and yet he was still, his timing was great. He really knew how to talk like a kid. And, right. and, you know, the mom is just, you know, she's completely just devastated. You know, she's, she's like, oh, he had a birthday, you know, he had a birthday. And I thinking as watching this as a parent now, it's, it's very hard because sure. 
um she's she really thinks that her son has been taken and you know mm -hmm. and he's like he doesn't tell her the truth obviously because he would probably get committed but he's he's really confident that you know it's going to be okay we're going to figure right. it out and um so the next day billy actually goes to the office to try and force himself into josh's office you think to you know say hey I know where the Zoltar machine is. You can go do this. Let's go do it. Your mom misses you. You, you know that Billy's like not giving up. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, you know, it's the big day of the big sales pitch. And so Josh and Susan are in front of all of these people, Paul included, and the big bosses in the back. And they're going through and they're pitching this really cool digital video game comic book kind of thing. And mm -hmm which I don't know if they've ever made, but that would be cool. It's basically a choose your own adventure book, only it's right. a mm -hmm. comic book um, and it's all digital. I thought that was amazing. So uh, if they haven't made it, people, you need yeah. to figure that out because that would be awesome. But it and, certainly would have been awesome in, in 1988 for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would do it today because I'm a dork, but you know, whatever. So they're talking and Paul's just being a, kind of a dick. He's like, I don't get it tell me again. I don't understand. And, and it, right in the middle of it, Josh kind of up and leaves and mm -hmm. he walks out and yeah, he's just kind of, he's just kind of staring off into the, into the back of the room. You can tell like his wheels are spinning. And so he's just like, I got to go. And so he just, he just leaves and Susan kind of tries to stay behind and, you know, she's answering a couple more questions and she finally excuses herself to, to, to go track uh, Josh down. Cause she thinks, you know, Josh is just, I don't she thought he was just being rude or just kind of walking out on the on the meeting. I don't think she she really kind of understood what was what was happening, but she follows him all the way outside and Josh had gotten into a into a taxi. He was on his way to uh, to go see the Zoltar machine. He'd made up his mind. Um, but Billy's outside. He's he's getting a hot dog when um, when Josh comes out and then Susan comes out. Yeah. And then they have a little exchange because Billy's really excited. He's, you know, he's kind of yelling. He's like, yeah, you're going home. And Susan sees him and she's like, you have to tell me where he went. You have to tell me where he's going. Mm -hmm. And Billy then kind of gets it. He's like, oh, you, okay. Who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm his girlfriend. And he's like, okay, well, <laughs> well, all right, right then. And so he tells her um, where he went. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the next scene is Josh is kind of walking through this empty space and there's nothing there, which I thought was interesting um, because I don't really, I didn't really understand um, how the Zoltar machine is the last machine to be picked up uh, sure, in yeah. a carnival, but it's there. And of course he unplugs it because it was not plugged in at the beginning and uh, it magically comes to life again. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He puts his, puts his quarter in and aims at the mouth, but this time he, uh, he wishes, wishes to be a kid again so he makes his wish and and the card pops out you know just the the same as it did last time but after but after he makes his wish that's when uh susan pulls up um and you know kind of you know kind of confronts him you know she's she's realizing you know maybe as crazy as it sounds maybe maybe he's uh you know telling the truth on all this maybe he is actually actually a little kid so yeah and it's really sweet because he says, you know, there's so many reasons why I need to go home, but there's only real one real reason for me to stay. And it's her. And mm -hmm. um, it's really tough because he's like, come on, it's going to be fine. You, you know, and she's like, you don't understand. It's this is really hard on me. And he says, well, why don't you come with me? And, 
you know, she has this really kind of epiphanic moment where she she's like, no, dude, I, I did it once and it was hard enough the first time I, I can't, right. I can't do it. And, um, but she does say, you know, let me, you know, they're hugging and, and she's, she says, well, how, how old are you? 16, 17. And he's like, I'm 13. And she's like, mm. oh man, <laughs> you know, and she says, well, I'll, just, I'll drive you home. So she, uh, she drives him back uh, to, you know, kind of this, this, the top of the street where he lives. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, you won't, you won't remember me. And he's really beautifully sweet about it. He says, oh, I, I will. I, I, yes, I will. I'll definitely remember you. And he gets mm-hmm. out of the car and, uh, and he starts to walk home and uh you know there's no special effects or anything you never see him physically kind of become big or small um but the leaves kind of rustle because it's it's getting to the fall time Mm -hmm. and she looks over and and she sees him as his 13 year old self yeah yeah, it shows him kind of walking down this down the street the street's really pretty all the all the trees are you know you all uh all turn colors there for the fall uh, which I guess probably would uh, symbolize the uh, the change that's going on back for Josh there. So um, he's kind of walking and it goes back to Susan. And then when it goes back to Josh, you see him, he's, he's back to a 13 year old Josh, you know, the suits kind of, kind of falling off of him and he kind of turns around and, you know, gives her a little, a little wave goodbye. Um, but he's a kid again, he's, he's excited. So then he just kind of, kind of runs, you see it, the shoes kind of fall off of him because they're too big and he runs up the uh, steps and into the house and you don't, you don't see it. You just see the outside of the house, but you, you hear his mom, you know, you kind of, kind of yell and, and start crying. You know, she's so happy to, to have him back. They have a, have a little moment there. And then um, the scene, the film kind of ends with uh, him and Billy kind of walking down the street, you know, just, just talking about life, like nothing had ever happened. You know, they're just, just still best friends. Just, that was just, just an adventure they went on, you know, for, for a month there. Remember that time I turned into adult and had an apartment and. Yep. So, so yeah, so just like that. So he, he's a kid again and um, every, everything's okay. He had had this adventure where he got to grow up and experience what it was like to, to be an adult. But at the end of the day, you realize, you know, don't, don't want to wish your, wish your life away. So yeah, for sure. And that's how it ends. So what were your thoughts on it, Brian? How did you see this in a theater the first time? I mean, is this a mm-hmm. tried and true? No, so I, I I definitely wouldn't have seen this in in the theater. I don't that I would that I recall anyways. So um, I would I would have seen it probably on on VHS, just a, a rental from the from the uh, pizza shop or the or the library. You know all the places that you rented VHS tapes uh, back in the day before everything was online. So you know I would have watched it there. But I mean it it's always been a movie that I've liked a lot of. You know seen it probably a dozen times over over the years and it. You know, you always kind of kind of pick up something new on it, which is something that's really cool about this film, because when you're young, seeing it kind of, you know, the first couple of times you're seeing it more through through Billy's eyes and young Josh's eyes. But, but you know, now that now that I'm, you know, big, I guess you could say um, you really see it kind of more from, you know, Susan's perspective and his mom's perspective and and things. So it's it's really interesting. And I think that that's why this film, you know, stays pretty, pretty popular because it can speak to people on a lot of different levels and, you know, everyone can kind of take something away from it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I will say I watched this, um, this, 
you know, this weekend to prepare for this podcast. And uh, Mm -hmm. my husband watched it with me. And when it finished and the credits were going and Josh and Billy are kind of walking, riding up the street, uh, singing their, their shimmy, shimmy Cocoa Pop song. um, Mm -hmm. He, he turned to me and he said, well, there's an Easter egg or something at the end. And I said, I don't think so. And we fast forwarded and it, it wasn't there. And he looked at me and it was like, I had lobsters coming out of my ears. He said, that's not the ending. That's okay. not the ending, I remember. And turns out in the UK and I think Australia, um, there was another ending. There was an alternate ending where uh, Josh is in school and he okay. is in a classroom and he turns around and he sees a young 12 year old girl whose name is Susan. And uh, so okay. you get you know, the idea that she has gone back and made her own wish. And now she's a kid again, which uh, opens up a whole can of worms of how that's going to work. Like, where is she going to live and how's that going to happen? And, but, right, right. Um, but my husband swears, he's like, that is the one I remember. Cause he lived in England. He grew up there. So he, um, it was really interesting. Cause he, he was like, this totally changes the way you feel about it at the end. Um, because right. this one really brings it uh, to a, a true conclusion. Like he's going back home. Susan's mm-hmm. going to go back and live her life, you know, and she's like 28. So the chances of them ever really seeing each other again are, are nil, but, you know, he's right. had this great experience and he kind of, you know, t- had a taste of what adult love is like. And, sure. and, and, uh, and yeah, I think, I think you really hit on, uh, the point about, you know, as you watch it as a kid versus an adult and why uh, this mm-hmm. is a, fa- a favorite for so many people. Um, there's a lot of layers in it and definitely watching it this time as a parent, I certainly saw it uh, from the mom's perspective. So there were, you know, again, okay. it's written really nicely. Uh, so it's not too much of a distraction, but I mean, mm-hmm. God, I'm, I just really fell for and it's interesting because you do have to think about it more as an adult about the, what happens when Josh kind of disappears from this job, you know, does Paul end up getting what he always wanted, which is to be the next VP. Um, Does Susan ever find love again? What happened to the boss who totally trusted this guy and gave him a job and, you know, all of these things. And when you were younger, you know, you don't think of any of that. You just kind of, Right. Yeah. You, you think of the, think of the, think of the fun and how he's buying arcade games and you're like, oh man, that does, that does sound great. But yeah, there's, like I said, there's, there's a bunch of different uh, layers to it kind of depending on your, on your own perspective. Um, Well, everyone, everyone uh, listening in, uh, tell us uh, when did you watch big for the first time or have you never watched it? Um, If you want to rewatch it, it is available on Disney plus. You can go there. Um, and watch that if you have a subscription to it, but definitely let us know. Um, if you remember this weird alternate ending, um, let us know that too. We want to, we would like to, uh, let Michaela's husband know if, if he's uh, out of his mind or not. So, yeah. If you, uh, if you have a copy of the alternate ending and you can send it to me, I would be grateful because I yeah. have searched, I've scorched the internet trying to find it and I have it. been unsuccessful. Um, but apparently tell it really did exist. So <laughs> okay, well, well, tell Anthony, if it's not on the internet, it doesn't exist. So I will tell him that. 
All right. Yeah. So definitely, definitely let us know about your experiences with big. And if you make a Zoltar zinger or just any kind of Moscow mule to drink with it while you're watching it, definitely let us know that too. We want to see pictures of it because it was a, a really nice looking drink. Um, so you can do that. You can follow us at drink the movies on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash drink the movies. And you can also visit us on our website. It's drinkthemovies.com. And that's where we'll put the recipe for the Zoltar zinger uh, movie recaps, news, and more drink the movies fun. Uh, Michaela, why don't you tell people where they can find our podcast? Sure. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribed. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review because it really helps us get the Drink the Movies out there. That's right. Absolutely. And unfortunately, Michaela, my Zoltar Zinger is empty. Sad so face. I think, I think we'd uh, better get back to the carnival, see if we can see if we can find a Zoltar Speaks and uh, make a wish to get another one. What do you think? I'll bring the quarters. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back and we'll talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, movies. the Movies.